You're listening to the Third Down Squad Podcast, the best international news podcast for the National Football League. We're your hosts, Derek, Josh, and Toby. Let's get you ready for a new set of downs on Sunday. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Third Down Squad Podcast. Again, the hosts up in the top left corner, Josh, top right corner, Derek, and down here, it's me, Toby. So, guys, of course, we already did a podcast last week, uh, so let's start off with a quick recap of our predictions last week and what happened in the NFL in the games last week. So, yeah, who wants to start off? Uh, well, I'll start it off. I gave Josh the opening remarks the last time. First yeah. of all, good morning to both of you guys. Uh, well, good afternoon to Toby, I guess, yeah. since, you know, Germany. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Josh and I both did pretty well with our predictions. You know, we both had the uh, we had the Chargers winning, which definitely was a good pick for us. Uh, besides that, you know, it was a pretty simple week. Uh, obviously, we missed on the Ravens pick and the Redskins pick ourselves. I think, Josh, did you pick the Falcons that week? Yeah, yeah he Josh did. did pick the Falcons that week. So Toby, and I, yeah, Toby and I definitely missed on that one. Yeah. But other than that, you know, it was a clean week, a uh, couple of, you know, close games, in fact, but it turned out to be a pretty simple week for us this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah, I got to I got yeah, agree I with saw... you there, Derek. Uh, sorry, Josh. But, right. uh, yeah. For me, it's about the same as with uh, Derek. The only thing uh, is my Seahawks pick. I did not expect the Chargers to overrun the Seahawks like they did, especially with the Seahawks at home. Mm-hmm. But, yep. yeah, uh, same for me. I didn't expect the Redskins to suck that much against the Falcons at home. Yeah. But, yeah, all the other picks, we were uh, we had the same picks, so same for me here. <laughs> and, yeah, Josh, you had one other pick in there. Uh the Bucks at Carolina. What was that about? I thought they could do it, but <laughs> I guess Cam Newton just proved me wrong. So I'll give you, I'll give you credit though, Josh. Fitz Money did come out and ball in that yeah. game. Just ultimately, yeah. the Buccaneers' defense did not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And have you noticed that every time Fitzpatrick takes over for another quarterback, he's great. But when they sign him to a big deal, he sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loves being the underdog, man. He loves yeah. being the underdog quarterback. He comes in, he saves the day, he plays well yeah. for a couple weeks, and then just does bad. Did you know that he was in the same draft class as Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith? Yeah. <laughs> Whoo, man. <laughs> that's He's been a- around for a long time with a lot of different teams. Oh, yeah. Yep. But, yeah, I think that's a quick recap of our predictions last week. Uh, we didn't do too bad. Mm-hmm. I I'm behind now with a uh, one game in our standings, but we're gonna put up uh the the standings and our predictions at the end of the podcast again. Of course, we're gonna do it again this week. But for mm-hmm. now, of course, uh, gotta talk about the Colts and the Saints again. Um, yeah, I think last time Josh talked first about the Colts. So Derek, why don't you start us off this week? All right, well, it's not going to be much more than what I said last week. You know, the Colts are favored to win their next three games against Jacksonville, against the Titans, and against the Dolphins at home. So I think that that's definitely going to be a great thing for the Colts. Uh, They're definitely – I think they are definitely going to win their next three games. 
the second AFC wild card position for the playoffs is still up for grabs. Yeah. Uh, the Texans, the Steelers, the Patriots, and the Chiefs pretty much control their own destiny at this point. The Chargers are close behind second in the AFC West. And right now, there are a bunch of teams that can fight for that second wild card spot. I don't know if I would trust the Bengals. I don't know if I'd yeah. trust the Ravens. They're inconsistent. I think mm-hmm. right now the Colts have the most factors to allow them to get in. Like Colin Cowherd said the other day, they have Andrew Luck back. Their schedule is the easiest in the NFL for the, for the last half of the season. Their offensive line is playing at an elite level right now, and their yeah. running game has been established. Yeah. I think that with what's going on with the Colts right now, they have a good shot. I don't know if they'll make it because of inconsistencies right now, but yeah. they still have a good shot. Yeah, Josh, anything to add there? Yeah, I think the matchup to watch is going to be Jalen Ramsey on T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Because I think everybody's caught on to Ramsey's scheme and have not been throwing it to him. So if you are, you know, having T.Y. Hilton in your fantasy lineup this week, I probably would sit him just because I think that they're still going to stick to that method of, well, you can't talk trash if you uh, can't catch anything that I don't throw to you. Yeah. So, and not to mention, yeah, the offensive line is playing at a, like the best level I've seen it play since Peyton Manning back in 2009. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, uh, they're looking really good right now. And I, mean, I think that uh, our offensive line is going to dominate their defensive line. But yeah. uh, the other way around, it's still a toss-up because you still got to play Bortles. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. true. So I think the defense will have a nice time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hopefully and, Darius Leonard gets a couple of sacks. Yeah, yeah. And, and one thing I wanted to ask you about, because if you're not a Colts fan, you probably don't know much about this guy. But Tyquan Lewis is getting off IR this week, your yes. second-round draft yes. pick. Yes. So what do you guys yes. expect from him? Josh, go ahead. Go first. I'm going to say it right now. Give him time. He will be the next Robert Mathis or Dwight Freeney on that line. He's just dominant right. off the ball, and he can just do a nice swim move the way that Freedy used to do it. Yep, and that's true. We picked him in the second round for a reason. He fits our scheme. He can play both outside and inside yeah. interior D linemen because of his size, but his ability to – his quick first step off the ball is insane. He's got, like Josh said, a great uh, swim move uh, at Ohio State. He was drowned out a lot because of the elite talent that Ohio State had with Joey Bosa, Sam Hubbard, Adolphus Washington, and all these other guys. But Tyquan Lewis was always the diamond and the rough. You know, he was always that guy that kind of got tossed to the side but was always really good. Yeah. I don't know if I would quite go Tyquan Lewis's Robert Mathis or Dwight Freeney yet, Josh, but yeah. I am very excited and I cannot wait to see Tyquan Lewis play. Yeah, it seems like most of the guys that are following the Colts right now are excited about Tyquan Lewis. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. All right, so, Toby, you got to tell us a little bit about your Saints, man. There's been a lot of uh, yeah, stories this week. There, there has a lot of topics surrounding the Saints right now this week. Of course, they signed Des Bryant from free agency which lasted uh, not quite two days uh, until his first practice with the Saints, where they still feared that he tore his Achilles at the final part of practice. It, 
there has not been any official reports yet if he actually tore his uh, Achilles yet. But, of course, uh, even with a partially torn Achilles or some other injuries that are that severe, uh, he's not going to play uh, any games anytime soon for the Saints. So I think he's out for the season for them anyway, if he has torn his Achilles or not. So, uh, yeah, the Saints have a real problem at wide receivers right now with uh, Ted Ginn Jr., who is already on IR. Cameron Meredith just went on IR because of a knee surgery that he has to do uh, following his knee injury from last year, but they expect him to come back at full strength uh, next year. And, of course, now they signed Des Bryant to get more depth at wide receiver, uh, and they lost him too now. Tommy Lee Lewis is on IR still as well, but they expect him to come back uh, uh, in week 12. He's already back at practice. So at least he comes back and adds more depth to the wide receiver squad in New Orleans. Right. But right now, yeah, they got uh, three wide receivers on their active roster right now with Michael Thomas, uh, Traquan Smith, and Austin Carr. And Austin Carr, of course, didn't really get that many snaps uh, with the Saints in his two years that he's been there now. But yeah, they got one more player that is kind of exciting on their practice spot. They might activate him for uh, this week's game or next week's game in Keith Kirkwood. He was kind of excited, exciting in college with uh, 1,600 receiving yards, 16 uh, touchdowns in college. So he might add some more weapons into the wide receiver corps in New Orleans for Drew Brees, but he didn't make the final squad or the active roster this year. Uh, with the 53-man squad uh, because he was just too inconsistent in the uh, preseason. So, uh, But there have been reports that he uh, really evolved in the past 10 weeks on the practice squad. So right. I, I, I kind of want to see him uh, in the real game on the field right now this week with Drew Brees, what he can do because he really looked exciting in the uh, plays he made in preseason. Uh, I watched a couple of his grabs. Some of them were really good. So if he really evolved that much, I think he might be re- doing really well. And as you have already seen in last week's game against the Rams, in the first half at least, the offense of the Saints is just amazing right now and not even one of the oh, best yeah. defenses and in the game the can thing. stop him. That's the thing, Toby. It's just that you know you can talk about the wide receiver depth all you yeah. want. Ultimately, it's kind of the same thing. Tom Brady had this issue a couple years ago, but the thing is, Drew Brees has more talent with him yeah. right now than Drew than Tom Brady had. Drew Brees and Sean Payton's offensive system makes receivers better and makes Drew Brees look much better. I think that even with a three-receiver death right now and the possibility of adding a couple more people – I don't think the wide receiver depth is going to be that much of an issue, especially when you yeah. have a talented receiver like Michael Thomas. Yeah, right now it's not a problem, but you always have to fear another injury for the wide receivers yeah. right now. And, of course, Very the true. Saints still have Elvin Kamara that they can split out wide at some snaps. Then they have yeah. a, a couple of tight ends in there with Ben Watson, Josh Hill, that they can also split out one of them at wide receiver. Yeah. And, of course, then you got the – well. You can't really call him any position player. It's just a football player in Taysom Hill right now. 
you can yeah. plug him in at any <laughs> position right now. It doesn't matter for him. I think he could e uh, easily also play defensive end at some point if they have to. So, yeah. uh, no, it's, it's you're going to be like the Browns and go through three different quarterbacks in one season, just right there with, uh, yeah, McCown, uh, gosh, McCown, Hogan, and uh, Terrell Pryor. Remember yeah, that? they had yeah. that one season, it, yeah, but. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a real issue right now for the Saints, but it's definitely something to look out for. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Is. But with a quarterback, as you've already said, Derek, with a quarterback like Drew Brees, it shouldn't be an issue anytime soon. Because yeah. I, I think it's the same as with the Patriots, as you've already said. They can just bring in a a guy from practice squad like Kirkwood, as I've said, and put him in the offense and get him some throws from Drew Brees. Which Very he did. He, he did not get in in the preseason. He did not get a ball from Drew Brees. He always got the passes from the backup quarterbacks, which of course didn't help him to get the yeah. the uh, consistent accuracy from the passes, which uh, kind of hindered him his catching. So yeah. I think as soon as he gets on the field with Drew Brees, uh, the most accurate passer in the NFL. He he should be good and get a lot of more catches than he did in the preseason. Oh yeah, definitely agree. Yep. yep. Yeah, but well, now we also got another Saints topic from last week. Of course, I think everybody by now has seen the Michael Thomas celebration from last week in honor of uh, Joe Horn with uh, pull, uh, pulling out himself from from underneath the goalpost, underneath the pads. And mm -hmm. yeah, had the cell phone celebration, which uh, yeah got a lot of controversy in uh, the NFL and the the fans around the NFL. Some even saying that he should uh, get uh, a suspension for that celebration. And of course, it's it's been a real issue the last couple of years with the celebrations in the NFL. So, what right. do you guys think? Uh, should uh, there be more open rules for celebrations in the NFL after a touchdown? All right, Josh, you go ahead and start this okay. one. Um, yeah, let me pull up a picture of it because I didn't see it because I left. But, uh, you know, honestly, I don't think they're really, like, if – I think they've been lenient now, have they, when it comes to the celebrations? Like, more lenient than they were in the yeah, past. Yeah, there yeah, have been a more little bit rules more. put into place, and they've been a little more lenient on those, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, in, I guess with uh, celebration-wise, I think where it's at right now, it's fine. I mean, sure, you, there's just no, you know, containing it because you're right there in the moment. You scored a yeah. touchdown. You got 30 seconds to celebrate, so you got to think of something on the fly. And I think you really can't, you know, punish people for celebrating because they just thought of it right there. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can't go like, Get it, go to the touchdown and go like, oh, you know, I'm going to flip off the uh, crowd, I'm, you know, and then you end up not doing it. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, wherever the rules are at, they're fine, unless you do what uh, I think it was Isaiah Crowell did against yeah, the Browns. Yeah, that one is a little Leaving bit too much, yeah. And, yeah, wiping his butt with the, <laughs> the, the uh, football yeah. throwing in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, come to, it's come to that now. You know, we've been, uh, you know, they had – several issues three years ago where you know almost any excessive celebration would get you a yeah. penalty and then two years and then last year you know 
they became more lenient with it. People became more creative. They thought yeah. players thought of ideas, but you know, a few of the, you know, Josh Norman shooting the bow and arrow and, you know, some of these other inappropriate slash violent uh, ones yeah. are definitely, you know, somewhat inappropriate when it comes to that. But uh, in today's uh, NFL, the players have like learned from that. They're yeah. learning not to definitely. do certain things like that. You know, I've probably only seen like one or two play, uh, celebrations that really cause any kind of problems. Nowadays, you see everybody doing the squad pick, you know, yeah. after a huge play or a touchdown. That's pretty much what it is now. But, uh, you know, in regards to the Michael Thomas pulling out the cell phone imitation of Joe Horn. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fun. I mean, I don't think it's it, – it definitely should have gotten penalized as it did because, you know, obviously you can't put something underneath the pad. You're not supposed to engage with the pad at all. But in regards to a suspension, come on, yeah. man. That does, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, There's I, nothing – he – he did no harm to anybody. I mean, it might have been somewhat immature, if you want to say that, but I don't believe that's true. But yeah, you remember yeah. when Theo pulled the popcorn out of that fan's hands, just poured it into his yeah. uh, health? Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then he got. Yeah, he absolutely got penalized for that because that was back when they were more strict about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I can see people start to do more of that stuff because they're going to want to interact with yeah, the fans. But, but uh, I think even with the popcorn, I don't know if it falls under the same rule as uh, the Michael Thomas one because it wasn't really the issue that he messed with the pad down there. But the issue is mm -hmm. that according to the NFL rules, you can't use any props to celebrate your right. uh, your uh, touchdowns. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know if actually pulling popcorn out of a fan's bag would actually count as props because it, a popcorn is not part of a player's uniform. But I don't know. It, the celebration by Michael Thomas last week, it didn't hinder the game anyway. It wasn't obscene. It wasn't violent at all. It was just he pulled out a cell phone and uh, yeah made a fake call. So uh, it I, I don't see anything about that why this celebration would be any hindering of the game and why it would be an excessive celebration call. Uh, I see it when you get out bigger props. If you have some kind of, I don't know, huge thing in the tunnel that you pull out on the field, I think, of course, that's hindering the game. It's uh, prolonging the game, and that would be a call. But I don't think any smaller things like pulling out a mask. If you have a mask in your in your pants by a player and you pull that one out and put it on to celebrate your... Uh, your touchdown I don't think that's that's one thing I would change about the NFL rules right now that you can uh, have little props in there to kind of get more entertaining touchdown celebrations right now and I don't think that uh, a celebration like the the touchdown celebration last week by Michael Thomas should be a penalty anymore in the future and even thinking about last last year if you think about it the whole ordeal with uh, uh, OBJ and the kicking net yeah, I mean, right. his celebrations were with a, a prop uh, as well, but uh, did but he, he get was a... doing it on the sidelines? That's the difference is he wasn't really doing it. Yeah, but know, he, he, he uh, right right after his touchdowns, he ran uh, to celebrate. He ran uh, to the sidelines and I mean, he he punched the kicking net at first and then he had his touchdown celebrations with it where he made up with it. He proposed to it and all that stuff. So it was right, right at I the mean, touchdown celebration there as well. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll admit when I saw that with OBJ, I'm going like, all right, somebody's. Uh, he's, I honestly thought he went off the deep end a little bit right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, the NFL did the right thing, you know, with their guidelines. I do believe that was deserving of a of a penalty. Yeah, right now, since yeah. he was messing with the padding. But in regards to any deeper punishment, I, I don't really think that matters too much. I mean, it's not like he did anything to hinder the game or do anything yeah. else that affected the game or hurt anyone else. Yeah, he didn't hurt anyone. So I, I think if it's a celebration like that, I don't know if you guys agree, it should be a rule change in the future that he ha can have small props to t uh, for a touchdown celebration. Uh, I mean, you can't have something in your pants or something during the game or in the pocket or something that you can't pull out in a touchdown celebration. I don't believe I don't believe in putting something in a in the pants considering, you know, anything of that kind of object can fall out at some point hindering the game, but if there's, you know, like Michael Thomas did, a cell phone in the pad that was like, you know, nobody's going to notice it. Yeah. And nobody's going to get affected by it, then I'm not then I'm okay with that, but it's yeah. it definitely is something to look at in the future. Yeah. The biggest question about that though is how the screen wasn't shattered after every hit he took. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you wouldn't pull put a cell phone down your pants anyway, but I think if you had kind of a a, a Batman mask or something like that. I mean, you see it in soccer in Europe all the time that some players have their kind of character that they pose at after a goal and also have their masks on. Of course, it isn't seen uh, that much, and uh, the officials usually don't like it if they put on masks, and it's a huge discussion there uh, as well. But I think that's one thing that the NFL might be uh, changing in the future. But I think yeah, now I we, we talked enough about celebrations, and I mean... It has been talked about in the NFL for years now. And as you guys said, in the last couple of years, they made some changes. They allowed group celebrations last year and uh, more active celebrating uh, by uh -huh. the players and even choreos uh, yeah, after the NFL a touchdown. Yeah, the taking a step in the right direction with that. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, they even had the uh, NFL as the no-fun league. And some yeah. people still say that, so... I think right. they, they are making steps in the right direction. I think there might be more changes to come in the future, and there should be. But for mm -hmm. now, uh, I think it's it's all right. But now yeah, moving right. on to another topic, because we've talked about this uh, a lot now, is, of course, Le'Veon Bell at the Steelers. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Should he come back? What does that mean for, for the Steelers? What does it mean for him right now? So I don't know who wants to start us off uh, this time. Uh, yeah, so I think that he's not coming back. He He's not. Yeah. He's not a franchise tag. He's got every right to stay out. He's not under contract at all. It's just, a like I said, a franchise tag. Yeah. So And if he goes back, he's, he has the chance of getting hurt and just ruining everything you just meant to you know, stand for. Yeah. So he's getting himself in shape at LA Fitness, playing basketball. But uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, he has all the right to just wait out there because I mean, the Steelers are doing just fine without him, and he doesn't want to, you know, get hurt and have his stock drop dramatically. So I think it's smart of him to wait. 
right, so I'll try to make this as quick as possible, but information-filled, because I know yeah. we got to get to top five and predictions. Uh, basically, this week, uh, by Tuesday, Le'Veon Bell has to report to the Steelers by this yeah. Tuesday in order to be able to play the remainder of the season. If he does not, he is not able to play in the last seven games of the season, regardless of any day. Now, he has worked out in Pittsburgh, but he has not worked out at the Pittsburgh facility and has not reported to the team. Now, like Josh said, he's under franchise tag. Now, the issue with that is there is – I see no possible solution to Le'Veon Bell coming back because the ultimate issue is James Conner has been balling out. I believe that the Sealers will perform – a good deal with James yeah. Conner for the future. Le'Veon Bell, if he were to be franchise tagged by the Steelers again, that estimate is going to be at $20 million, which the Steelers do not want to pay Le'Veon Bell for because that's what Le'Veon Bell has been asking for for a long-term deal per year for the last two years. Yeah. And they're not going to pay him that. There's no way they're going to sign him. Le'Veon's not going to take less money. Ultimately, I don't see a solution in which he's going to do anything. He's going to become a restricted free agent at the end of the year if he does not play out the seven games of the season, ultimately meaning that he has the ability to go to a team he wants to go to. And again, I would have been saying that the Colts, I really want the Colts to try and sign him. I don't know if I really want that anymore or not. It's still a dynamic player. I think I would still want it yeah. for the right price. But ultimately – Le'Veon Bell has the decision. His decision comes down by Tuesday night. If he doesn't report to the Steelers by Tuesday night, he's not going to play. If he does play, report to them by that time, he's going to play the remainder of the season, maybe get some workouts in, you know, yeah. show that he's still worth a few stocks. He could come back this week. Like I said to you, Toby, He James Connors in concussion protocol yeah. right now. He won't be back for another two weeks. Le'Veon Bell could come back and say – you know what? I'll step in. Let me just show people, hey, I still got it. You know, my holdout wasn't for nothing. But ultimately, yeah. we're going to figure out his decision with by Tuesday. And after yeah, seeing yeah. protocol, I just think that he's not going to, just to prove the point that the Steelers, you know, can't win without a sufficient running back. That's true, yeah. But uh, the one issue I'm having right now with Le'Veon Bell sitting out that long in – I, I agree with you guys that I think that he won't play this season anymore. I don't think he'll report to the Steelers by uh, Tuesday. So I, I think Le'Veon will stick with his point that he deserves a bigger contract. But in my opinion, uh, with sitting out a whole season of football, I think he really hurts his stock a lot because other teams, mm -hmm. the, the last time they have seen him play, was in the playoffs in 2017 or beginning this year. So they haven't seen him play for a whole year. They don't know if he's really fit for it. And uh, it's not the same working out off the football field and don't have any game practice uh, than right. actually being on the field every Sunday and play against an NFL great defense. So I think yep. he's hurting his stock there. He won't get his big contract that he would have gotten if he'd played a couple of games this year. Or he might even he might still play a couple of games. And one yeah. other thing that hurts him a lot right now is the performance of uh, James Conner in the first half of the season, because yes, uh, nobody true. had James Conner on his radar before the season or at the beginning of the season. 
at everybody thought, yeah, okay, he's gonna play. He might get the majority of snaps for the Steelers this year, but he probably won't put uh, the stats up like Le'Veon Bell did. But now you're seeing him, and he puts up the same amount of points and stats and yardage on the ground, even in the passing game, that Le'Veon yep. Bell did over the last couple of years. Though I, so I think a lot of teams in the NFL are looking at Le'Veon Bell in a different uh, light right now. They don't know how he's really doing fitness-wise uh, because they don't see him play. Uh, and they see James Conner perform at the Steelers like Le'Veon Bell did the last couple of years. So I think a lot of credit for the performance that Le'Veon Bell showed the last couple of years really goes to the offensive line and the scheming in Pittsburgh. So I think a lot of NFL teams in front offices uh, look at it the same way right now. And yeah, I totally agree with you, Toby, that you said yeah. numerous points there. James Conner playing well, Le'Veon not playing at all has definitely kind of hindered his uh, drafts, his stock yeah. a little bit, yes. So I, I don't think uh, there are many teams that are willing to pay $20 million a year for a running back right now. And actually, there aren't many teams in the league that uh, can pay $20 million to running back right now. And There's only about three or four teams that can. Yeah, there are only a couple of teams that can. And I think a really big issue for Le'Veon Bell as well is that he wants to play for a title contender. And uh, there are not many teams out there uh, that are contending for a title right now that are looking for a running back anymore. And right. a lot of teams don't have the cap space for $20 million for a running back out there. Cause... I mean, ultimately, the Colts would be his best option because the Browns don't look like they're going there anytime yeah. soon. And the Jets have the third highest, and the Jets still have issues on their offense. The Colts look like the most title-ready or title-contending team right now, but yeah. I don't know if Chris Ballard's going to want to pay him $20 million a year yeah, and, for a contract. And, and even with the Colts, they had problems at running back the last couple of years, but uh, right now in this, the Colts are looking really good at running back with Marlon Mack, mm -hmm. Neam Hines, and uh, Wilkinson, I think it is. Uh, Wilkins, yep, Jordan Wilkins. Uh, uh, they don't uh, have a need at running back right now, especially with a player that costs them $20 million a year. Right now, I see right. I, I see two teams that are on top of the NFL uh, right now uh, that I have in my top 10 that are really in need of a running back, which would be the Patriots and the Houston Texans. At, at least it, uh, Le'Veon Bell would be an upgrade there. But, you know, the Texans are, I think, the best option for Le'Veon Bell right now if he wants to leave the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because the Patriots uh, are known for not giving the players big contracts. You're looking at uh, Gronkowski yeah. and Tom Brady. They don't play them uh, or they don't pay them at the big numbers that uh, all the other top guys at the position get. So I, I think the Patriots are out for Le'Veon Bell. So I think he only has two options to be uh, paid or be at a position that he can actually uh, be of value for himself or for the team. And still right. be in title contention, and that's staying with the Steelers or going to the Houston Texans. But I don't know if the Texans are actually in a position that they can pay him. With all the right. uh, guys that they have, they have Deshaun Watson coming up to get a big contract in two or three years. They got J.J. Watt still on their roster. They have DeAndre Hopkins. 
So they are uh, looking at a couple of star players that they still have to pay. So I don't think Le'Veon Bell is looking at a situation there that he can actually get off the Steelers. So I think the right option for him right now would be actually to get back on Tuesday to the Steelers, report to them, play the second half of the season for him, and work out a deal with them. Yeah, at least the second half. You know, I got it's going to come out of nowhere for this one. And I think it's going to be the Oakland Raiders. They got so many draft picks. I know they want to rebuild in the draft, but they need a running back. Yeah, they need They're a run. True. They need a running back, but they have a lot uh, of steps to do until they are contending for a title. Even yeah, with their, even with think, their first round picks, I don't think they are in title contention for the next at least three years. Uh, yeah, Lavia is looking more for money and uh, seconding only a championship, pretty much. Because he saw saw Todd Gurley get paid a massive amount. I mean, Melvin Gordon's about to get paid a massive amount, too. So I think he really just wants to get paid. Right. Yeah, but still, when you're a football player, you you always look to get paid on a team that uh, gets a championship. And Lavia, I think, said it as well. He wants to sign with a team that is in a title content, uh, contention. And that's why he always searched for a deal with the Steelers because he knew it's the perfect situation for him there. He is the number one guy there. He has a shot every year to get at least to the AFC Championship game. And uh, now he's just throwing it away by uh, sitting out a whole season. Yeah. So, what about the Packers, too? Going to go there? Yeah, but yeah. with Aaron Jones playing the way he yeah, is right now, I don't think they're and they and they don't like to really pay people that much either. I know they pay yeah, Aaron Rodgers. They are but paying Aaron Rodgers, but that's that's about the only guy that they are paying. All the other guys, mm-hmm. uh, and still they have a lot of uh, great guys, guys and veteran guys in there that performed well in the in the past and that still have big contracts there. So I don't think right. the Packers even have the money to pay Le'Veon Bell right now. Or do you think he'll stay in conference in the AFC North and go to like the Ravens? Or hell, yeah, the, the 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 Ravens might be an option for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, only issue is the money. It's just yeah, it ultimately the, comes down yeah, to the it, money. It, too. it really comes down to the money. Not a lot of teams have the money to pay a running back that amount of money that uh, he wants right now. And mm-hmm. even the the Chargers uh, will have a problem in some uh, in a couple of years when they're playing Melvin Gordon right now because they have a lot of young players in there that they still have to pay that are on their rookie contracts that have might go away from the team or uh, they have to get uh, a big contract out there and are uh, limiting themselves with Melvin Gordon who had problems with injury in the last couple of years. Same with right. the Rams with uh, Todd Gurley. They still, I think, uh, Jared Goff's contract is up in two years if he gets his uh yeah the the one additional year on his rookie contract right. but uh still uh, jared goff is uh not a cheap player after his rookie contract probably and then they still have uh, uh aaron donald and dumb Su and all the other guys that they still have to pay uh on the rams I and, think they just paid uh, Aaron Donald though. Yeah, they paid yeah, they him, but paid uh, yeah, but still, you're you're limiting yourself with three or four players on your entire roster. And yeah, I think I, by then, oh, sorry, but I just think by then Aaron Donald's gonna be moved on from say, or Los Angeles. Yeah, probably, but uh, the same is with Le'Veon Bell, and I think a lot of teams don't want to do that. That they limit themselves to 
uh, two or three big contracts. And that's why a lot of teams uh, are shying away from Le'Veon Bell right now. And uh, especially now that they haven't seen him on the field for now half a year and maybe an entire season in the NFL. I think it's uh, if he's sitting out the entire season, it's uh, the same depreciation of his value as he would have been injured in the season because nobody saw him on the play and nobody knows what he can actually do anymore. Right. Right. But... Yeah, that's enough about Le'Veon Bell right now. And, of course, I've already talked a little bit about the uh, title contenders now. And now we got our power rankings in the NFL. We got our top five teams right now in the NFL. Um, yeah, Derek, why don't you start us off? Give us your top five, starting from number five. All right. My top starting five power rankings for this week is number five, Pittsburgh. After what was seen from Carolina, their offense is clicking at a all-time high right now. Uh, their defense is finally starting to pick up the slack a little bit. They look like the Steelers' pre-injury Ryan Chazier, which is great to say because earlier this year, the year we couldn't say that. Now we can yeah. say that, and now they're looking like a much more polished football team. Number four, the Chiefs. These next four picks, I think that everyone has in their top four. It's just Probably, a matter of yeah. where you put them. Uh, the Chiefs, obviously, with their high-powered offense right now, but they're struggling a little bit still with their defense. That's why I have them at number four. And behind, number three, Patriots. The Patriots right now, they're still trying to work things out. But I still ultimately trust Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I can't pick against them right now at the moment. And then number two, the Rams. The Rams obviously have still looked really good. Even after their loss against the yeah. Saints, their offense still played insanely well. Their defense is struggling. But then again, they were playing the number one Saints offense right now. And obviously, the Saints at number one. If you don't have the Saints at number one right now, you are lying to yourself. The number one offense in the league by far, the number one rush defense in the league, this team is ultimately on a war path to be the best team in the league right yeah. now. Right now, they are at number one. That is my top five. Pittsburgh Chiefs, Patriots, Rams, and then the Saints. All right. Right. Well, you got Josh. Uh, all right, number five, I got the Chargers. Okay. I just think right now, right now they're just all clicking on all cylinders. I mean, sure, you know they're like second behind the Chiefs, and so they're getting outshined by the Chiefs. But I'll get to that later. I just think that the Chargers are starting to show that they are actually relevant now, and that given some time, and when Joey Bosa comes back, and you know they're lined with uh is it Evan Ingram or Melvin Ingram? Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram, yep. Yeah, and Joey Bosa on that defensive line on both sides. They're going to be a dominant defense again. But, yes, that's pretty much it. But at number four, oh, gosh, this one was tricky, but I actually had to give the nod to the Bears on this one. Really? Really, okay. I did. Because I just think that their defense, regardless of what everybody said about it, has gotten really good. And, I, and Trubisky is finally getting it. You can see it here. And they're actually proving it when they're on the field. Sure, you know, they don't have, like, the best record of them all, but I still think that the Bears are starting to show that, you know, that they're tired of always losing to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You yeah. Know? 
And I just think that now that they have Khalil Mack, he added another like element to their uh, defense. Right. And at, yeah, and then at number three, I had uh, the Chiefs. You know, offense with Mahomes clicking on all cylinders. You know, uh, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. That's like the deadliest like three weapons you could give a quarterback like Mahomes, who is mm-hmm. mobile. But as Derek said, the defense just needs to pick up some more slack, and they'll make it to the Super Bowl easily. Yeah. Yep. And then number two, got to give it to Tom Terrific in the Patriots, as always. <laughs> of course. Uh, I, that's all I'm going to say about that, Patriots at two. And then at number one, of course, the Saints, because I would be an idiot if I didn't say so myself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty much the team that's, already firing on all cylinders. It's already three miles down the road where everybody else is starting to click. They're just yeah. running away with it right now. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I thought I had my most uh, this most surprising pick uh, in my top yeah, five, but so you coming out with number four bears, <laughs> I think that changed that one. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, my number five are the Houston Texans. I thought that would be uh, a surprise there. But right now, I think the Texans are a really good team. They have a great offense right now with, uh, uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson at quarterback. They have DeAndre Hopkins as uh, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Of course, they just got Demarius Thomas as their number two wide receiver as well. And then they got Lamar Miller, who is getting back to being one uh, or, or a really good running back in the league for them again. And they still have one of the best defenses in the league. So I think they uh, had ha- have had a little bit of problems in the, uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks this year where they didn't play that well. But in the end, I think they have a really complete uh, football team right now. So uh, I'd watch out for the Texans. I think they're the clear favorite for the AFC South title this year to be in the playoffs. And in the playoffs, I think they have a really good shot at, at least making it out of the wildcard game uh, to the divisional round. So Texans are pretty strong this year for me. At number four, right now, I have the New England Patriots. Of course, the Patriots are always a contender every year with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady there. And yeah, uh, same for me as with Derek. I don't think there's... Uh, anything more to say there it's just Belichick Brady that combo is always good for for a title or for at least making it to the AFC championship each year at Mm -hmm. number three uh the Chiefs top team in the AFC for me right now they are just uh awesome at at their offensive game right now of course defense sucks but uh uh I'm curious to see what they actually can do in the playoffs this year because they are for sure, or uh, 99%, I think, is their chance to make the playoffs right now. So uh, it it I'm kind of curious to see what they can actually do in the playoffs. With Alex Smith as their quarterback, they've always, when they made it to the playoffs, uh, their end was always the first game in the playoffs. They didn't make it past a pl- game one, I think, in the playoffs with Alex Smith. So I just want to see what Pat Mahomes can do this year if they make it to or when they make it to the playoffs. I think you don't even have to put an if there anymore. Um, right. But yeah, number two for me are the Rams right now. Uh, they just have a really good game on both sides of the ball right now. Of course, their uh, defensive line is, uh, I think the defense line is the best in the league right now with all the star power that they have right there. 
mm-hmm. of course, they have struggled against the Saints, uh, as you guys already said. But uh, when you're playing against the best offense right now with the likes of Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Elvin Kamara, and all that uh, star power there, uh, I don't think any defense has any chance against the, the Saints right now. Of course, the Ravens had a pretty good game against the Saints on defense, but uh, I think that was just... Uh, a bad game by the sense offense really but uh yeah at number one uh, like Derek said said there is no other way right now and of course for a saints fan it's always going to be the saints but right now <laughs> i think i have a good reason for it uh yeah you actually have a reason for it yeah now. but yeah the saints at number one with the offense that i've said right now of course they're struggling in their past defense but uh I think they are getting better at the position right now, and I think I talked about it last week. They got Eli Apple as their number two cornerback opposite of Marshawn Lattimore, so they have a real squad of uh, OSU players right there now, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think, as you can see, Derek quite likes. So, yeah, they uh, they are looking really good there, and I think they can improve at their past defense as well uh, over the next com- coming weeks for the playoffs. So Saints is number one Definitely. for me as well. So, yeah, that's the power rankings for us right now. Uh, I think our top three, besides Josh, who didn't have the Rams in this top five. So uh, kind of surprising there. But, yeah, I think most of the teams are, are the same here. But... Now, of course, to the major part of the podcast, our predictions for next week. And, uh, well, we talked a lot about the Saints so far in this podcast. So we're starting off with the Saints game this week. The Saints at Cincinnati. Uh, you guys got, I think we're starting with Derek again to be in the right, right. order for, for a graphic at the end again. All right. Let's do it. 15, 20 seconds each here, boys. Saints will continue their role against the Bengals. Obviously, their offense is just too good, even with the Bengals having a stout rush at- or a pass attack defensive line. I don't see them getting past the O-line of the Saints right now. The Saints will win this game by at least two touchdowns. Saints all the way. I got one thing for you guys. Who that? Oh, no. <laughs> Who are there? You got the Saints in this one. I got the Saints in this one. I mean, everybody's got the Saints in this one. Heck, even the Bengals fans have the Saints in this one. They're actually (laughs) give me the bang, give me the Saints. All right, yeah, of course, I'm gonna go with the Saints as well. Saints, uh, as we've all three of us have the Saints as the number one team in the league Mm -hmm. right now. And I think the Saints are a little bit mad. If we've looked at the uh, players' tweets this week for the Saints, the Saints are mad about the the uh, Bengals' chance, who is who they, which they, oh, yeah. which they yeah. kind of stole from the Saints with their who that, as you have heard from Josh already. So Ingram. there have been a couple of players, I think mostly Mark Ingram, who put that out on Twitter this week. So they kind of want to show the Bengals uh, who the real uh, the real guys are with their cha- uh, fans' chance. So I'm having the Saints easily in this game. Mm-hmm. And right yeah. now, another NFC South against the AFC North uh, matchup with the Atlanta Falcons at the Cleveland Browns. 
Yeah, I think this game's going to be a little closer than some people might think. The Browns' defense is a little better than the Washington Redskins' defense. They won't allow those dump screen touchdown passes in which Julio got his first touchdown of the year. Although I do think the Falcons' high-powered offense will prevail a little bit more than the Browns. I say it's going to be a 23-20 game, Atlanta Falcons. All right. Well, I picked, I picked the Falcons to beat the Redskins, and look what happened. So I'll pick the, the Falcons again for this one. Because I just think that Calvin Ridley is going to find a way to get open, and Julio is just going to be there again. And uh, I just think that the Browns still have a lot to work out, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So I just got to give this one to the Falcons. I mean, I'll probably give it the same margin as Derek, but that's all I got. It's going to be the Falcons that take this one home. Yeah, I, I got to go with the same points you guys already talked about. Uh, for me, the same. Falcons are going to win this game against Cleveland. Cleveland uh, is a really young team that still has to develop a lot. So uh, I think in the coming years, the Browns will be better, but th not this year. And the Falcons are getting better and better this year. So I'm giving this clearly to the Falcons. Uh, yeah. Next game, divisional matchup in the NFC North, Detroit Lions against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, another NFC powerhouse game right here, or not so powerhouse for one team. <laughs> yeah. The Lions are not going to win this game. The Bears at home, that defense will terrorize Matt Stafford the same way the Jets did it in week one against him. I don't know if they'll quite force five turnovers, but they will force a turnover or two in this game. The Bears will ultimately win this game, I believe, by a score or two. Yeah. Well, after I hyped them up to the number four spot in my top five list, I got to go with the Bears. because this to. Yeah. Again. <laughs> uh, I mean, Stafford has only Marvin Jones on offense. Yeah. Keon Johnson still has to prove himself. He's going to be a great halfback, but – the rest of the schedule for the Lions is going to be horrendous for them. I mean, have you seen the rest of their schedule? I have not seen it. it, it go, hold on, I will pull it up really quick because it goes – they play Chicago twice still. Yeah, they still yeah. have to play Chicago twice. They have yeah, – I mean, they're, it, they have about the, the best opponents in their uh, division right now. With the yeah. Vikings, Green Bay, and they Bears. They got to play the Green Bay one more time. They got to play Minnesota time and, th and they have to play chicago Go twice. twice yeah exactly. so that's that i think that's uh the toughest uh division right now after the nfc south with the saints falcons and carolina right now so i think that's about the two best divisions right now in football but yeah i also got the bears right there in this game of course detroit is not really clicking there they don't have the offensive weapons after they traded away golden tape at the mm -hmm. trade deadline. We talked about that last week, of course. But, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, Detroit has any chance in this game. Chicago is really good this uh, this year. Uh, they, For me, they are a top 10 team, not a top 5 team like it is for Josh. But the Lions, I think, uh, are just uh, not quite there to match up with the Bears right now. I think yeah. the next one is a pretty easy one as well with Arizona against Kansas City. Yeah, uh, not that this has anything to do with anything, but Sam Bradford has been released. 
Not that that matters because yeah. he was bad either way. <laughs> but, yeah, the Chiefs Chiefs still have too much offensive firepower. Uh, the Cardinals, I think, will put up some points, probably like 14 or 17 points in this game because they will be able to take advantage of a few things from the Chiefs' defense. But the Chiefs ultimately will score more than the Cardinals, so Chiefs all the way. Yep, Chiefs all the way as well. Just too much offensive firepower for this Cardinals' defense and yeah, Peter really handle by himself. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's really. I mean, the Cardinals will score because it is the Chiefs' defense after all, but it won't be yeah. to the point where how much the Chiefs are scoring on their own defense. Yeah, uh, same points for me there. Uh, I think Arizona will p put up a little bit more than fourteen or seventeen points. I have them in the low to mid twenties. I think three touchdowns for Arizona just because of the defense that uh, Kansas City has right now. But I think Kansas City can easily put up 40 to 50 points on them. So easy win for Kansas City, especially at home in Arrowhead Stadium. So, right. yeah, Kansas City again. Right. Uh, next one I think is about as easy as it comes again with New England at Tennessee. Yeah, we have a bunch of games this week that seem yeah. to be, you know, a little bit more easy than last week. But, yeah, I'm going with the Patriots. I mean, I don't care if it's at Tennessee. Tennessee hasn't really proven to me anything yet. Yes, they beat the Cowboys last week. But then again, the Cowboys are one of the top five worst teams in the league. And the Patriots, obviously, are the Patriots. Give me the Patriots. Yep, give me the Patriots, too. Uh, it's just they're going to burn Malcolm Butler. Yeah. They're gonna, they are just going to yes. take him. yes. And that's the biggest thing. They're just going to make him embarrass him. So you, that's why I think that the Patriots are going to win. Just yeah. Because they they are they can outplay the Titans easily. Yeah. Uh, right now, Tennessee, I think the game against Dallas last week was kind of a fluke because Dallas is not as good as a team as many make the, uh, the Cowboys out right now. So... Tennessee isn't that good as well, but New England, of course, Josh has already talked about it. They have a reason to kind of give it to Butler uh, for uh, for them. And uh, if you look at the stats, uh, he is one of the worst cornerbacks uh, right now in the NFL. I think he already is accountable for the most touchdowns against Tennessee right now. And uh, with uh, Tom Brady and the wide receiver targets they have, even with uh, Gronkowski not playing in that game, they have enough power to beat Tennessee. So I'm taking the Patriots as well. And mm -hmm. yeah, the next matchup I think is about the closest one you have this week, or at least the most interesting one in the close games with the Washington Redskins against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Josh, I'm going to do the same thing you did last week. Fitz money. Mm -hmm. This time I'm banking on the Buccaneers to pull off a win against the Redskins. The Redskins' defense wasn't very good last week, and I think the Buccaneers will have the same effect. Give me the Buccaneers this week. Yeah, I'll take the Buccaneers again as well. I just think that, you know, as long as Fitz Money keeps, you know, doing what he's doing, the Buccaneers are going to easily win. All right. Uh, yeah, I got to mix it up a little bit here. I'm going to go with the Redskins in this game. Of course, the Redskins have a couple of injuries on offense right now with Paul Richardson out as well, uh, with uh, Thompson uh, not being able to play this week again. 
So, uh, yeah, but I think uh, they won't play as bad as they did last week against the Falcons. Of course, I've talked about the, uh, it uh, with the Falcons game against Cleveland. The Falcons are a really good team right now. They have a good offense. They have a pretty decent defense. So I think the Redskins are actually better than they looked last week. So uh, I'm not really confident in Tampa Bay because uh, Fitz Money, as you guys like to call him, uh, yeah, he is performing uh, well uh, for a couple of games. But I think there there's going to be that one game where he's just going to start to de- decline and not put up the, uh, those insane numbers as he did in the last games that he played for Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be this week's game against Washington, so I'm going to give it to Washington there. I won't be this week, Toby. It'll be next <laughs> week when I don't pick them. <laughs> but all right. Um, yeah, Derek and I talked about it before the podcast about this game, and we both agree that it's probably the worst game in this season of the NFL between the Buffalo Bills against the New York Jets. Now, this would be a much worse game if Sam Darnold were actually playing. Yeah. Josh McCown is going to get the start this week, which I think actually might help the Jets, as Toby said as well. Give me the Jets. The Bills don't deserve a win off anybody right now. Give me give me the Jets. Wow. This is, this is like, do I want to stab myself or shoot myself? Kind yeah. Of like, <laughs> <I don't, laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete. I mean, either way, whoever picks a winner is still a loser. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I, uh, I trust McCown more than Allen, so I gotta go the Jets. There you go. Yeah, uh, same for me, the Jets. Uh, well, Derek already said it. We talked about it before, and I think McCown uh, is actually helping the Jets right now. So I think the Jets are beating the uh, the Bills. I think it's going to be uh, a really low-scoring low game. There's going to be a lot of interceptions in this game. So... Um, Mark your defenses. Yeah, play yeah, your defenses defense. in this game. Uh, either Buffalo or Jets, if they're available. Fantasy football, pick them up, play them. It's going to be a great matchup for both uh, defenses and special teams there. And, of course, uh, your guys' game uh, between the Jaguars and the Colts. Yep, Colts Nation, hear me out here, okay? The Colts will win this game at home against a struggling Jaguars offense. I know they might have Leonard Fournette back this week, but Blake Bortles has not been the same, and the Colts have been on a hot streak. This is the healthiest they've been since training camp started. Give me the Colts all day long. Yep, got to say give me the Colts. Now offensive line is going to dominate that defensive line. So I just think that as long as Andrew Luck stays upright and the running backs can find a hole, it's going to be an easy win for the Colts here. Because you got Blake Boros that's going to keep giving them second chance after second chance after every throw he has. Yep. So it's just, yep, Colts all the way. Yeah, same reasoning for me here. I'm also going with the Colts. Um, the Jaguars are not the team that they were last year. Uh, their offense, of course, never was the best one. Uh, I don't know how they did it last year. Of course, they had a couple more receivers uh, in there with Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, who I don't know how they did it, but they actually looked pretty good with Blake Bortles. And now the defense this year for the Jaguars are, is not that elite anymore as it was last year. 
So mm -hmm. Indianapolis is really coming back. I think Andrew Luck will have a great game against uh, the Jaguars. And yeah, Josh already said it in the Colts segment in the beginning of the podcast. I think what, uh, the matchup to look out for in this game is going to be Jalen Ramsey against T.Y. Hilton. But the way that Jalen Ramsey played this year already, I'm going to give this matchup to T.Y. Hilton easily. So uh, I think the Colts are uh, the favorite in this game, and they win it at home especially. Not to mention there's Ebron as well. Yeah, and Ebron, of course, the number one tight end uh, in the game in touchdowns right now. Uh, yeah, the next game, of course, being the LA Chargers at the Oakland Raiders. Uh, what do you got, guys? Chargers looking really good right now, as Josh already stated. Uh, Raiders, possibly the one or two worst teams in the league right now. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, right. and as I said before during the uh, break there, Toby, give me the Chargers. Ra Raiders have the worst defense in the NFL. In my opinion, I believe they do. They just yeah. can't stop anything. Derek Carr just, I don't know, doesn't want to be a quarterback anymore from what I've seen. And just... Yeah, they are. I've never seen a team more defeated like that since the Browns last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same for me right here. Uh, the Chargers are looking good right now, and I mean, Josh, you already had them at number five in the league right now in your power rankings. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have them quite as high. I put them probably at number seven right now in my rankings. But of course, the Raiders are one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Uh, whether it's on offense or defense so for me the clear winner here are the la chargers mm -hmm. and well we're gonna stay uh, with another la team with the la rams uh, at home against the seattle seahawks the rams are gonna come out hungry they're angry after last week's game the seahawks are just not the same team on the road especially after being defeated like they were against chargers yeah. give me the rams this week yeah, if this was at Seattle, I would give it to Seattle. But I think the Rams, yeah, they're just going to be just as pissed off that they blew their perfect season that they could have had. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to come out and just roll over the uh, former Legion of Boom. Yeah, uh, yeah, for me the same. I, I think Seattle is kind of a mid-pack team right now in the NFL, uh, power rankings-wise. But, uh, yeah, Rams are the second best team for me in the NFL right now. They have, like I've already mm -hmm. said in my power rankings, they have a really balanced team. They are good on, or really good on offense. They have a really good defense. So no way that uh, the Seahawks are beating them anywhere right now, either it being mm -hmm. at home or in LA. So easy pick for the Rams for me. And yeah, the next game, Miami Dolphins at the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers are going to win this game. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have himself a decent week. He had a decent game against the uh, against Patriots last week, but didn't do very great. Uh, give me the Packers over the Dolphins this week. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the Packers as well because it's at Green Bay. It's going to be very cold, cold that you know Miami is not really used to. So I think that's going to play a huge factor in this game, besides Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, give me the Packers against the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, for me, it's the Packers as well. Uh, I think Miami is not really that good of a team right now. And, of course, uh, the Packers at home, as you've already said, Josh, 
Uh, the cold is going to affect Miami a lot more than it will affect the Packers. And, yeah, Miami is not good on offense. They're not good on defense right now. Uh, I, I don't see any way that they can't stop Aaron Jones or uh, Aaron Rodgers right now, the two Aarons there. But, yep. <laughs> yeah, um, easy pick for the Packers for me again. A lot of easy picks, I think, this week, uh, yeah. like Derek already said. And now coming up to the divisional rivalry between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Sunday night matchup we wish we never saw. Yeah. This one might go down as the, the worst uh, Sunday night football game of the season. You never know, but give me the Eagles. The Eagles offense, too high powers for the Cowboys. And the Eagles, even without a few defensive starters, are still too good for the Cowboys. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, give me the Eagles, too. I mean, sure, the Titans won out a fluke, but, I mean, the Cowboys still let the Titans win. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, I think Zeke is in the middle of a slump right now. And I think that's playing a huge factor into why they can't get the ball moving. Well, yeah, um, I've already talked about it at the Tennessee game, about the game last week between Tennessee and Dallas, and I've said Dallas is, for me, one of the worst teams right now in the NFL. And yeah, I got to agree with you there, Josh. Uh, Zeke is in kind of a slump right now. But for me, the reason that is, is because of Dak Prescott right now. Because uh, the defenses that are playing against Dallas right now, they can almost fully concentrate on the run right now because Dak Prescott just can't bring a pass to any of his wide receivers or tight ends. So uh, I think Zeke uh, has a really tough situation right now. Uh, just because uh, the passing offense is not good right now and the opposing defense just can't really concentrate on stopping him out of the backfield right now. And, of course, he can't get the touches as well just because Dak Prescott can't he can't complete any throws this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm al also giving it to the, the Eagles if it, this isn't clear uh, by now uh, because the Eagles, uh, they didn't start that hot this year. Uh, but they are coming back. They're getting better each week, and so for me, it's a clear Eagles win, especially at home in Philadelphia. Yep. And, of course, uh, last but not least, uh, the New York Giants against the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. And, oh. again, another terrible yes. matchup. Yeah. <laughs> this, again, what is it? We got. I, I know that – I know they – the NFL signed these games because they said, oh, you know, Jimmy G is going to be playing and there's going to be John Gruden and the new uh, Oakland Raiders that we got going on here turning out to be the second worst game, maybe the yeah, worst last game week, yeah. of the week. And this one definitely is going to be bad. Uh, but, you know, the Giants and the Giants haven't done very well. Uh, I know Odell's trying to stay positive. But right now, I don't know if I can go with them just because of how bad their offense has looked. I'm going to give it to the hot hand of San Francisco just because of how they played last week. Yeah. All right. I think this is finally the time where we go off the same path, Derek, because I think we've been in the same boat this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, gonna give, I'm actually going to give this one to the Giants. I just uh -huh. think that there's going to be there's more of a complete team there than it, there is in uh, the Niners, and they just haven't found it because Eli is you know playing like garbage. But 
yeah. Saquon is actually carrying this team. And I think as long as they keep giving it to Saquon against that Niners defense, I think that the Giants are going to win this one. Yeah, you it you all got comes a, down to Toby here. Yeah, well, I I'm also giving it to the 49ers. Uh, ah! Let's go. But <laughs> yeah, I I I see that as a really close game actually because as you've already said, Josh, I think the Giants uh, have uh, the the better team right now, but mm-hmm. they are just not using it right now. And uh well, to your point, Derek, that these games are uh, scheduled before this season. If you're looking at the the players right now, uh, with uh, San Francisco at the beginning of the season, you got Jimmy Garoppolo going against the well most hyped uh, uh, rookie coming out of the draft in Saquon Barkley against OBJ, and well, of course now Eli Manning is not performing that well. But Eli Manning, if it's told me that at the beginning of the season I would have said okay that's a great matchup right there now that we're in uh, half of the season right now uh, it's one of the worst matchups actually I think okay. that these two teams are well the San Francisco 49ers looked actually pretty well when they played with Jimmy Garoppolo but the New York Giants I think a lot of people had them higher at the beginning of the season but yeah. I just think San Francisco how they are making up for losing their quarterback uh being it uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or even last week against uh, with C.J. Bathard when they started Nick uh, Mullins, I guess it was, who nobody really heard about him. They still made it work somehow. I, I think with um, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Shanahan as their head coach right now, I think he is the difference maker. He just can make a uh, worse team just look better right now, and the Giants just can't make anything out of their they're telling that they have on their team right now. So I'm giving this one to the 49ers. Like I said, uh, yeah. for me, it's just because of the better head coach right now and the better game plan that they probably have against the Giants in this game. All well, right, really quick. Yeah. Was Ben McAdoo right? What was he right about? About blaming everything on Eli. Was Ben McAdoo fired wrongly? Was I do right? believe that there was yeah. some wrong termination there. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not just because of Eli Manning, of course. Uh I I think Eli Manning was uh made look bad or worse than he actually is uh because of uh the game plan or the game book that Ben McAdoo actually had. Mm-hmm. So, uh I I think uh, they, of course Eli Manning is not the prime Eli Manning that he was when he won this uh, two Super Bowls against Tom Brady. Uh he he's a decent quarterback in the NFL, but I like I said, I think it was the coaching situation right there that made him look a little bit worse than he actually is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh. Well, if uh, nobody has to add anything, I think we're uh, at the end of our podcast. Again, yep. uh, thank you guys for being on the podcast, hosting it with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I think we talked. Uh, a lot about a couple of topics in the NFL that are current right now and had a couple of really good points in there as well. So, uh, yeah. Um, I hope we see all you guys that are watching or listening or doing whatever with this podcast right now. Uh, uh, We see you again next week, but until then, uh, I'm going to say bye to all of you and, of course, to you, uh, Derek and Josh, as well. See you next week.
Good to see hey, you. Boys.